What is up, everybody? I'm George Mossy. This is the George Mossy Show. This is a brand new podcast that I'm starting. Say hello to my co-host, Dee, by the way. So we're going to talk about some pop culture stuff. I know we've been focusing a lot on 90 Day Fiance and all that drama. And believe me, that world in itself has so much drama that we could talk about it forever. But I want to get into more of the mainstream craziness going on in the world because I kind of feel like the world is turning into a very scary place. Right. right. Like, I, I feel, feel like, like things, things going on now are very scary. scary. They're, They're very terrifying. And every time you read something that, that should shock you, you find that you're not shocked. shocked. And, and I think that's, that's what's terrifying. terrifying right? right. I feel I like, like at some, some point, point we need to get, get this under control and start stop, stop accepting this craziness as normal behavior. And with that said, I want to jump into a subject that has been on everybody's tongue lately. So Instagram, Instagram is a, is a huge, huge part of our everyday life. life. I know, like, I don't, I don't know, know very many people that are not a part of Instagram that don't focus on Instagram a lot. You know, I'm on it all the time. I just blocked some people today. You know, there's some toxicity going on on Instagram. And there's something going on. It's a new trend that I've seen and you've seen. And we've been talking about this for a while. People have been doing drastic things to get attention on Instagram, like posting thirst trap pictures, um, doing, um, doing going, going places, places or getting, getting into fights. fights. And, and the most, most recent trend, Didi, is faking your death. death. That's, That's something that, that we've been seeing on Instagram, Instagram three times in the last maybe couple of months now. now. It, started it started with a um, rapper, rapper named Little Tay. Tay. And, and then, then there, there was, was a bachelorette contestant, Josh Sider. And then there was a 90 Day Fiance past cast member, Paul, who... We are under the impression fakes his death as well. So I just want to get your your reaction to this. How do you feel about these drastic measures? Like where have we come to as a people that in order to get attention, we're willing to make people believe that you're not alive anymore? Well, someone that could actually go go over and beyond to fake their death just to see how much attention they can get, they are very sick in the head. I mean, who would do that? Who would do that to some to anybody, especially to their loved ones? And and then fake like you're dead and then people blow your phone up, text and call in and then you're not answering it because you're actually wanting people to believe this huge lie. Just because you're you're chasing attention, you're wanting to see how many people is, is going to start trying to uh, reach out to you. And that is so wrong. We've gotten to the point where attention is like oxygen. Like people want attention so bad. They crave this attention. They need this attention to that point. And this particular subject hit home for me because one of the people who did do this was a really close friend of mine. They are no longer a close friend of mine. But at the time, they were a close friend of mine, and I literally had just spoken to them before this. So I was under the impression that this person was no longer alive. I actually called their phone. I texted. I posted tributes online. And we watched a TMZ interview where this person was like, oh, well, I waited 18 hours before I told anyone what was really going on because I was more focused on getting back into my Instagram. And I think that that really made me think. I was like, so in this person's mind or anybody's mind, the most important thing to you is getting an Instagram account back because they were hacked. So that was important. Not calling, texting, telling your family, friends, not defunking this myth, not making sure that people realize that you were OK. And I think that's that's the main issue that we're facing right now, because people would rather you think something false because it's keeping them relevant, it's keeping them in the public eye than to correct people. And then a lot of people feel like, well, that wasn't the case at all. We feel like this was completely fake. They, this was orchestrated, this was planned out. This was something that he wanted his name in the public eye. And that's exactly what he did because there were people who didn't know who he was, who now know who he is. You know, when you put your name out there for something like that, I watch TMZ a lot, all their posts. I was just on TMZ the other day. And, and I've noticed that when people pass away, I will read this story and I'm thinking, I'm not familiar with this person. So the first thing I do is I go and look them up and I try to figure out who this is, what they did, why they're, why they're notable. And I feel like when you do that, you're learning more about that person. But in the, in the mind of person who is trying to get that attention, you want to get to a, a market of people that you weren't able to get to before. 
And in order to do that, pretending that you're dead is a really good way to do that, unfortunately, because a lot of people who didn't follow your career, who didn't watch the TV show you were on, who aren't aware of the people you've dated or things that you've done are going to go and Google your name and determine why TMZ thought it was important for them to post your death on their page, meaning that this is popular culture, meaning everyone should know who this person is. And I think people are getting so caught up in getting that fame and getting that recognizable name or Google search or whatever you want to call it, we're losing human decency. You know, because think about the person who, like Paul, for instance, we heard that his mom was not aware what was going on. She didn't know if he was alive or dead during this situation. And think about as a mother, what is that like? Seeing online that your your child has passed away. And then in this situation, his ex-wife um, posted that he was already deceased. No police report, no information to back that. She just said, oh, rest in peace sorry this happened to you and then his own mother not knowing the truth because he's all the way in brazil she's all the way in kentucky there's no way for her to do any verification of anything imagine being a friend or family member of this person who is doing this because i know for a stranger strangers don't know you it's not going to hit you as hard as it would if that was your friend or family member or child right i'm trying to put myself in the shoes of a mother who opens her phone to 100 notifications saying i'm so sorry your child is gone you know, and then finding out four days later that your child is alive and well, the emotional roller coaster, right? Like the emotions of of loss and then sorrow and then happiness that they're still alive, but then anger because and then why? just to find out they faked it. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say the anger. Like how do how do you deal with that emotion? And it's like how do you forgive someone for that? Because like I said, I had a friend. Um, who I, I thought we were very close, who did this, who's a part of the story that we're talking about right now. And I thought it would be decent for someone to, I texted, I called, I left voicemails to just say, hey, this isn't true. We're working on getting my account back, but I didn't message him through Instagram. I messaged him through text message. I called his phone and got voicemail. Like it would have been decent, like a human decency to give somebody the heads up and say, hey, I'm not dead. And I know that you're a friend of mine. I know that it would hurt you if I was dead. But no, and I feel like we've lost that level of human decency, right? Well, yeah. And, you know, to to let's backtrack just a little bit. Okay, anyone that is on Instagram, Facebook, or any kind of social media, if your account is verified, correct me if I'm wrong, because um, I'm verified on mine, um, it is very hard for someone to hack your account very hard i mean just to change your profile picture you have to go like through almost a hundred steps just to change your picture and if someone gets on there and they start um posting this stuff i'm pretty sure if your account is verified it's, it'll catch it second of all if tmz once again correct me if i'm wrong george tmz if they go to the extent to post something like that someone had to reach out to them to tell them that something had happened to that person i don't think tmz is like um sitting outside his door or you know you see what i'm saying i'm the you know just watching someone had to have reached out and then multiple people calling texting not instagram but their personal phone and they don't have the decency to answer the phone or text messages. I mean, come on, because they're staging it. They're they are hungry for that for that attention. And then for Paul and uh, Karini to put Paul's mom through that, that is sick. That is sick. I mean, me as a mom, just my kids getting sick. I go crazy. So if I were if something like that were to happen, someone um played that kind of prank on me, I would go crazy. I don't know how people forgive people. I don't see how they that. sleep at night with, I, I really don't because that's, you've gotta be some kind of sicko. You gotta be sick in the head to want that kind of attention. And that right. saying that your, your account got hacked, we all know that's a lie. His account is verified. You can't do anything. They verify anything. 
the and everything fact, fact is an excuse because people, people were calling his phone. His his, his phone, phone was not hacked. His his telephone worked fine. There was nothing exactly. Wrong with his phone. So, so saying that your Instagram got hacked, I believe that was what was said in the little Tay incident, the very first incident we um, experienced a couple months ago, where if they posted she had passed away, and she hadn't posted on Instagram in like many years, like a few years, three or four years. So this was, oh, this account was hacked, and then all of a sudden it wasn't. That's one thing. Saying the account is hacked, it's, it's how long it takes you to correct the lie. That's where the real integrity comes in. If somebody, if somebody was, was to, to falsely report you dead and you're alive and you have a working phone in front of you, it would take you five seconds to get on the phone with somebody who could say, that is not true. And I think the time- at least, yeah. 18 hours, 18 hours in the Josh Sider situation. And then for the Paul situation, it was days, days. And it's, it's crazy to me. And it's like, I don't know very many people who don't have access to a telephone or on around someone who has access to a telephone. Because I was like, okay, elderly people might not have a, a smartphone, but I guarantee you somebody around you has access to a phone. And if you wanted people to know the truth, the truth is right there for you to give them, but you didn't want them to know. I think that's really scary because now, I posted on my um, Twitter, I was like, now when someone is reported dead, I'm gonna need to see a coroner's report or a police report or a combination because at this point, we don't, we don't know what's, what's true anymore. And it's like the internet used to be a place where we could go to verify information to get facts. And now they've turned the internet into a haven for lies and deceit and and untruth. And I've, it's very worrisome because the internet is so big and so mass. It's an easy way to spread misinformation. Like how many times has something happened on in the inter internet Instagram, whatever, and it just spread so quickly because the internet took that information and ran with it. And it's like, we're spreading misinformation. And I feel like that's the opposite of what the internet was intended for, right? I feel like the internet was intended for a way to find the truth faster, a way to put more information at the fingertips of the people who wanted it. And I feel like now people are using it for such toxic, negative reasons. And I feel like we're at a point now where we don't know what to believe. We don't know who our friends are. We don't know what people are actually saying are is true, fact, fiction, whatever. It's like the internet is making life so much more complicated. When I feel like that was the opposite of what it was supposed to do. Exactly. It's it's really got really sickening. I mean, the internet is really you can't believe anything, anything, rumors about anything, anybody. I mean. I'm the same way. I need to see proof before I, you know, I before I believe anything, I need proof. I used to take things for what they were, but like, like now I need to see proof. I need to see verifiable evidence. I need to see police reports, coroner reports, anything. I need to hear from a family spokesperson. You know, I just need to know the truth because at this point, and even a family spokesperson, they could be in on it too. At this point, like you don't know what people are doing for notoriety. And it's kind of scary because what is so important about notoriety when i when i talk to famous people and i meet up with famous people i hear so many complaints about how life is so much more difficult now that they're famous so i'm not exactly sure why people want it so badly if they would just have a few conversations with people who really achieve fame i mean like to the point where you can't walk out of the house fame i think you would reconsider what you're working so hard for right yeah yeah, it's it's crazy not being able to walk out your door without someone trying to um, like a, a huge fan crawling over your fence, trying to break into your home, breaking into your car, um, faking like there are delivery drivers to li deliver um, food to your home. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's really crazy. You can't even go shopping without someone bothering you. Yeah, it's. It's crazy. And then you have to have security guards. I mean, who wants to walk around with security guards all the time? No one, right? I, I don't know. Exactly. It's crazy to me when I see celebrities walking around, there's like four guards and they can't do anything without being escorted. And it's like, okay, so I want to talk about Britney Spears for a second because I know a lot of people, you know, a year or two ago, there was the free Britney movement. And everyone mm -hmm. wanted Britney to be free because she was in a conservatorship. She wasn't able to make her own decisions. She wasn't able to do the things she wants to do, record music, perform music, everything had to be approved by her father or whatever, and she had to see a judge, and there was all these issues. 
now that Britney is free, I've, I've have some concerns. I do have some concerns and I feel like it's very important that we think of the health of a person before we think of freedom. And I know people are going to come for me for this, but it's like, if somebody is struggling with mental health or you have to like put yourself in the shoes of a girl like Britney Spears, like she's been famous since she was 14, 15 years old. She has went into Times Square and they had to literally close it down because there's so many people, so much chaos. She's gotten on planes and went over to Tokyo and, and all these other places and they've literally swarmed her. Millions and millions of people know who she is. You have to understand that takes a, a, a mental toll on a child. She was a child, okay? She's 15 years old when this started. Her life has never been normal since then. From that day on, nothing in her life has been normal. She's been married, she's had kids, but all of these people are in her life for different reasons. Like her ex-husband, the first one, was someone she grew up with and they got married and then got it annulled like a day later. And then her second husband was a dancer of hers. And then it's always been someone that has worked for her. And it's like, I'm trying to understand the situation because Britney Spears can marry anybody, right? Like she could just make a call, say a text, whatever. Somebody would be interested. Why is it that she's always interested in somebody who was on the payroll at one point? I'm very confused by that. And it's like her last husband, Sam, who she's now leaving, you know, well, he's leaving her. He was also in a music video for her. And it's always somebody that was on the payroll. And a lot of her fans say it's because she's not allowed to interact with the outside world. Like when she was in her um, conservatorship, even before, she wasn't allowed to interact with people that weren't a part of her job. And she's always had to find her mates through, you know, work, through music videos, through dancing, through touring, and things like that. And I just, I have so many concerns because I feel like everyone wanted one thing for her, which was her own freedom, which I believe she was entitled to. But is it okay to say that she didn't need to be under a conservatorship if we're not doctors, if we don't have the, the medical capacity to know if, if she should be making her own decisions, if she should be under the supervision of a doctor or not? Like, I feel like her fans took it a bit far. And I, and think, I think that, that worries me because now as we're watching her on her own, it just makes me question, question is, is she okay? okay? And, and what's, what's even more scary is, is anyone worried about her? Is anybody trying to reach out and make sure that she's okay? She posts her videos from her living room. She dances around and, you know, everyone makes fun of it. And it's like mental health isn't funny. You know, it's not funny. It's a very serious situation. And I want it to be taken seriously at all costs. I want people to know that if you're, if you're struggling, struggling it's, it's not, not a, a joke, joke and we can't, we can't make it a joke. We can't, we can't laugh. Kanye, Kanye West, the same thing happened with him. He was going through a lot mentally, mentally making statements and doing things that people thought were funny. They were like, oh, he's just crazy. Like, is that okay? No, it's not okay. It, I mean, it's not okay. Everyone deserves their, their freedom. But whenever you start in like Brittany, I mean, she was what, 15 years old and she's been in the public eye her whole entire life. Um, she's never been able to make her own decisions. Um, she's never been able, you know, like the fans are saying, she was never able to go around and get in the outside world, the real world, as we call it. Um, and she was. And everyone that she's always come in inter uh, or interacted with has always been after one thing, her fame and her money. That's what they've always been after. They haven't been after her for legit because they want to be with her or legit because they want to make a, um, a permanent foundation with her. It's always been because they see the fame, they see the money and that's not that's not okay. And the videos that we're seeing um, of her, you know, dancing in her living room and acting crazy. I mean, that's a lot of people are laughing at it. But actually, I mean, it's sad. It's really sad. Someone needs to um, definitely check on her and make sure she's okay. Because when people act with mental problems and they act like that. Most of the time is they're crying for help. They're crying out for help. They just don't know how to ask for help yeah. because they don't know what to do because now they finally got their freedom. She's able to make her own decisions and she don't even know what to do. She don't know how to handle it. Yeah. She don't know which way to turn. I agree with you. She has not had this option to make her own decisions and to do the things that she wanted on her own in so long. And I feel like guidance is needed. I feel like, I feel like she, yes. needs, 
she has a best friend. This is the time that that best friend needs to be present all the time. Move in with her at some point, you know, just be there to help guide her through. Because let's be real, Brittany's in her 40s. She's probably like in the real world, like 21. Because she's really just starting to get a taste of freedom and what life is like being normal. Because she's not performing, which is crazy. She's been performing her whole life. She's able to just wake, wake up, up whenever she wants and, and live her life. And this is a new, this is a new chapter. And I and feel like she's embarking on this chapter by herself. And like you said, people are watching the videos and they're like, oh, this is funny. And, and it's, it's her way of expressing herself. But I feel like, like you said, is she okay? Is this a cry for help? Does she need someone to help guide her through this? And I feel like, like you said, every man that has been in her life has been there for one reason and nailed it, fame and money. She can bring you all of that. And I feel like she's been used, she's been lied to, she's been treated horribly her whole life. And it's, it's hard to fathom somebody that talented, that beautiful would have to go through something like that. But, you know, this doesn't, it doesn't discriminate. You know, the more money you have, the more people are trying to get something out of you. And I think she's- The more money and the more fame. The more famous you are, the more rich you are, people will do anything and everything they can to use to pretty much what we call, how we say it, use you and abuse you until yeah. they don't need you no more. And then they kick you to the curb. <laughs> See, I don't know. I don't know a lot about her ex-husband or soon to be ex-husband. But the one thing that struck me odd with Sam was he was with her during the conservatorship. And it, it, it caught me strange because I was like, well, he was there. She said that she was a prisoner. She wasn't allowed to do anything. She wasn't allowed to leave the house. She wasn't allowed to talk to anyone. And he was there. So I was like, like what's, what's weird, weird to me is that he was there during that. And I don't remember ever hearing about anything that he did to help her. I don't remember hearing him going to court and fighting to get her freedom. I don't remember him doing anything to make her life any better. He just was there. And I was like, being there means he was basking in her money. He's basking in her fame. He was getting the benefits. of. You her just life. said it. You just said it. Her and not her. I'm sorry. Him and her dad. You know, from what I've seen over the years on social media, what I've heard and stuff, you know, we all know that we can't believe everything on social media, but actions speak better than words. And what I've seen personally is everybody that was in on this were using her for her money. That's all they wanted. And that's why they wanted to control her so bad um, so they could take full control of her money and take control of her fame. And, you know, like put stuff in her head, I'm telling her she would not be she would not be anything or anybody without them. And once you hear that over and over and over again, your whole life, you start to believe that. Yeah. Her own family. You know, she wrote a book and she's telling us the things that her family did and the, the way that she was a paycheck to her own family. I can't imagine working so hard your whole life like sacrificing your childhood, sacrificing a normal life. And then the, the nice thing of you out of your kindness of your heart is to, is to give some of that to your family and make their lives better, alleviate the stress. And they in turn hurt you, lie to you, manipulate you, use you. And, and when you go through that, it's like, how do you move forward? Because how do you ever learn to trust anyone when they have done something so horrible to you, the people that are supposed to be there to protect you, your mother, your father, your sister, your family, your your brother, all of these people, your aunt, that she's called out in her books. And she's like, well, they never had my best interest at heart. You don't. You, do you, you can't. Yeah, you um, can't recover. You, you can't. You don't and you can't. You build up a you build up a wall. You're scared to trust anyone, you know, um, and it's you're scared to open up to someone because if you open up to someone, you're so scared that they're going to do you this the same way, even like a new friendship or um, a new job. You know, you work really hard at your old job. You put your all in all in it and then you they do you wrong. A friendship. You are 100 percent loyal. You do your you put everything that you are into that friendship, into that marriage, into that relationship, whatever circumstance it is in your family, you, you love your family unconditionally and they just keep backstabbing you and backstabbing you and doing you wrong and 
and doing these horrible things to you. So any any chance or any kind of opportunity, any kind of relationship that comes to your comes your way after that, you're like scared because you have this wall because you don't you don't want to open up because that's all that you know is people doing you wrong, hurting you, backstabbing you, making you um, feel like a lesser person. I mean, it's it's rough. <laughs> it's tough. I, so. I, imagine I imagine so. so. I, can't I can't even imagine. imagine. I don't, I don't even know what it's what like to be in the shoes of someone like Britney Spears, an iconic, legendary person, because it's in our in our minds as normal people, we're like, oh my God, what a beautiful, lavish, amazing life. And in her mind, I'm pretty sure the the level of pressure and responsibility and pain is so high. She would easily switch places with one of us in a second, you know, like because we we can't fathom. Oh, yeah. But oh, so American Horror Story season twelve has premiered, and Kim Kardashian has made her acting debut in this season. You know, she's been on American Horror Story before. I don't know if you watch American Horror Story. Do you watch American Horror Story? I do, but I haven't been able to sit down and actually watch it yet. So don't tell me what's going on in it. I will no, watch it's it. Only, <laughs> only one episode is aired. I'm really excited about it. And I'm going to say this. The last like four or five seasons have been horrible. So I'm very, very interested in this season. I've seen one episode and I'm already excited about it. I'm not going to ruin anything for you. Kim Kardashian is back. And her acting is so spot on because, you know, Kim has been the butt of a joke a lot for a long time. But... I don't want to say too much because you haven't seen it, but she really became her character. And I really, really, um, I'm excited about this season. And it's been a minute, you know, American Horror Story was a favorite show of mine. And I was like excited about it. But now I'm just like, but this season was good. But there was a show, I'm going to get into this because it's been a hot topic. Um, it's called Love and Hip Hop. Okay. And there was a situation where a cast member was fired from the show. Um, her name is Erica Minna. And she was having a conversation with another cast member. Erica Mena is um, Spanish-speaking descent, okay, um, American-Spanish-speaking descent. And she was having a conversation with another cast member, Spice, who I believe is from one of the islands, possibly Jamaica, I believe. And she is of a darker complexion. They were having a heated conversation. They got heated. It was an argument where they were going back and forth. And Erica said to... Spice, you know, I don't like you and you look like a monkey. And of someone of, you know, a darker complexion, that, that was very out of the ordinary and strange. Everyone at home was shocked. And even VH1 said this was too much for us as a, as a channel. And they decided to let her go. But my thing is, I want to get into this part. They aired the episode. So in my opinion, I'm just going to throw my opinion out there. It's worthless, but I'm going to say it. I think, I think if an episode of a uh, show aired, it went through editing. Um, it went through um, a, a, a room of people who approved that episode to go on the air. Yeah, they don't just air things, okay? This isn't like a, a $2 operation. This is a corporation, a network. So the episode aired, it got horrible backlash. People were very upset at the way that she... She called, she said, oh, you're a monkey. You look like a monkey. And, you know, a lot of people felt like that was very... Um, Racist. racist and unfortunately i was like i do agree it's racist but i think the real issue lies with the network because the network when this went through editing the network knew exactly how this was going to look right the network knew exactly how that statement would resonate with anyone especially people of color they knew that and they said we're going to air this anyway because we feel like it's going to be controversial now i'm not saying that erica's wrong or anyone is right or or nothing. I, I don't want to get into that. Obviously, calling someone that is horrible and wrong, and it, it, that we're we're beside that. That's that's a sidebar to this. Obviously, that should never have been said. My issue is, why would a network, a million dollar network, multi million dollar network, decide to air someone being blatantly disrespectful, rude, and racist to a person of color, and then after the fact say that that wasn't a part of what we want to represent? And then, and then fire, fire her from, from the, the network. network. Why, why wouldn't they have fired her from the network the day of filming? Do you under, do you see what I'm saying? Like, why, what happened to our morals when it came to networks? You know, because we've had, um, especially in the 90 Day Fiance world, there was a situation on one of the tell-alls where someone used the word they shouldn't have. We never saw that person in the 90 Day Fiance franchise again. You know, there was a, and this was, you know, 
TLC or Sharp, they made they took action right away. So my my thing is, why would VH1 feel? We're actually, I think they're on um, MTV now, not VH1. Apologies, VH1. I believe they're on MTV now. Why would they air that and not feel like, you know, where were your morals then when you were in editing and you guys were going through editing and this was going through? Because you know, people have to approve it. There's different levels. After you go through editing, then executive producer is going to watch the episode. They're going to approve that episode and it's going to go up the chain of command. Nobody saw an issue with this until the backlash online. That's my question. Why? That is a very good question. I mean, because if you fire someone because they made a race, they made a racial comment towards someone, and then you say that your company does not um, allow that, but still, and yet you you record it, you let it go out for millions of people to see. Well, then your company don't care what it said. Um, they were just probably trying to get their point across to the next person that wants to go in there and make racial comments. But are they really doing that? And and, and what I'm seeing now, you know, since since I've been in, becoming the public eye, um, they tell you one thing, but then they turn around and they do something else because they're wanting that. It's then got to the point where the the social or not the social media, but the producers, the directors they're wanting the backlash they crave it because they know that they know that is is what's going to make people mad that's going to you know up their ratings more people they're going to start talking about it oh did you hear about this um person they did a racial comment go watch this go watch that because the more views they have the more ratings they have which means what they make more money at the end of the day that's all they care is if they got a um, paycheck at the end of the week that, that is, is questionable because, because making money and ratings and is important, but the the perception of your network should be more important to you. And in my mind, if that was my network, that never would have made it on the air because I wouldn't ever want anyone to associate me with that type of behavior. And because it makes you look racial. It makes your it makes your network look racial. You fire someone because they said a racial comment. But you still allow it to air, which means is your network racial? Do you yeah. does your network um, feel this way towards people of different colors or cultures or religions? Exactly. I felt like them airing it was condoning it to an extent. I just felt like 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 I, like I said, if it was my if it was my network and I was filming and. This happened, happened, I would have that, that it would have got, got cut. cut. How many I mean, times have we been filming things and scenes just get cut? Right? Like exactly. I film movies. I was in a movie, oh my gosh, a few years ago, and we filmed like a bunch of scenes out of like the five or six scenes. Four of them got cut. They just didn't make it. That they, they didn't get through editing, they didn't get through, they just didn't want it to be there. And that's how I felt. Like if I would have watched that back. I would, I would know, know how, how the American, American people would react to someone speaking to someone that way, especially at this point in time. At 2023, we are so far deep into a racism crisis right now. Like the idea for you to be on the wrong side of that as a network is almost baffling. Like who was at home thinking like, oh, let's air her calling this person of darker skin complexion a monkey. That's going to get people mad. Why would you want to get people mad? I don't understand that. And I'm, and I'm wondering, wondering how this, this is going to affect the show. Is the show going to be able to go on? Will it be able to continue? Because, because firing the person from the show after the fact, after you aired it, isn't really a, a resolution for me. That means that you wanted to do damage control. That's damage control because she should have been fired right then and there. And that scene would have been cut. Nobody in the public should have ever heard that or saw the scene. I'm, so, I'm in a total agreement with you. Um, and not only that, I mean... She made a racial comment, but putting it out on in the world like that, um, the wrong person can hear that or see that, and that could potentially put her life in danger. They're going to go after her. And to make so why would you do stranger, that? To make things even stranger, she has two um, children that are mixed with um, black, black, basically. And, you know, her husband is from one of the islands as well, African. Basically the same island, I believe, the woman is from that she made the comment to. So even, even more baffling, as, as a, a mother, mother of two, two children, children of color, you could say something like that. It's, it's just baffling, baffling to me because you're, you're not just saying something hateful and spewing hate towards another person. person. That, that statement, statement could apply to your child, child meaning that someone 
who doesn't know you or your children could speak to your child that way. And I just can't imagine or fathom what would make you think that that was okay. Speaking out of anger is one thing. You know, I get mad. I cuss. I act, you know, I act out. I would never say something like that to someone, regardless of race or gender or orientation or religion. You know, there's some things that we have to have integrity about, about ourselves. And we have to respect people. You can be mad at me and say horrible things about me, but leave my race out of it. You know, leave my gender, my orientation. You can leave all that out. We have to be um, respectful and, and have integrity in morals. And I think we are learning in 2023. Morals are very short, few, in between, missing. We don't have a lot of them. And when you find them in this world, you you have to respect the people who have them because people lost them. This like if you could have fame or morals, people are just throwing morals overboard. Right. People are just like, well, if I can have fame, I don't got to have morals, so I'm not going to have them. And I feel like that's what people are choosing. Exactly. Morals and common sense are very um, few and far between these days. You nailed that. Common sense. When I meet somebody with common sense, I ask them for an autograph. I'm like, what? You have common sense. Can I get your autograph? Can we take a selfie? Because you are like the last living person that I know who actually knows how to put two and two together and make logical decisions. And I want to know, I want to dictate, I want to have this like documented, right? I want to say that I met you. So there's a subject that you've been talking to me about, and I've been seeing these stories pop up in the news lately and they're, they're terrifying. So I kind of want to get into this. It's going to get a little deeper, um, but you were telling me about these situations and, and, cases of daycare employees hurting children and i've noticed it in the news as well and I, I, you were telling me about one of the situations and i was baffled by it i was just completely confused so let's give me a little bit more background on that and let's 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 open up this this um box well um a couple of years ago um when when all this first started, you know, there was a huge there was a daycare in New York and the the parents dropped their children's off, their their babies, their kids went to work. It was a normal day. And for, and they got a phone call saying that the daycare um, personnel snapped and killed their children. Wow. Personnel, personnel meaning more than, more than one person. person? They just said personnel. After that one time, I I never seen anything else about it. It was like it was just swept right up under the rug. How many children are we talking here? Um, uh, they were saying six. That six children were uh, six children were killed, including infants. Oh my! See, this it's interesting to me because you said that you didn't hear a lot about it, and neither did I. And I think it's interesting the way the media works because there are some stories that we hear so much about. We're to the point where I don't care anymore. You know, it, I just I can't deal with this much negativity and stress. I can't. And then there's some stories, like you said, where we don't hear anything. And I think the idea of trusting a stranger with your child is already scary enough because we've seen these stories where parent parents of their own children are hurting them. So putting your trust in a stranger has to be difficult. Like I've heard stories where mothers would sit outside the daycare after they drop off their child and just cry, just crying because you're putting so much. I was one of them. Yeah, right. Like, putting the level of trust in this person that you wouldn't put in a person you've known for ten years. Like that's what they're asking of these parents. And then the fact that people are betraying these parents' trust and doing horrible, unspeakable things to their children. It's just so, it's hard to believe. But again, in 2023, we, we don't get surprised by things anymore. We don't, we're not shocked. And I think that's what's scary. And you, and you know, that that's, that is the sad part about it. You know, that we have so much stuff going on that whenever we hear something, it's like, okay, well, because from, Seeing it from the way I'm looking at it, everybody's going to look at it different. Everybody's got their own opinions. Everybody's got their own thoughts. But looking from on the outside in, you know, as long as it didn't happen to them or their children or their family, they don't care. 
And that right there is very, very sad because that, you know, that child had a mom, had, you know, a dad and it was on the, on the internet. uh, Was it like two days ago? We, uh, me and you both seen it on um, Instagram about a daycare um, overdosing a one-year-old. Like, it's it's crazy why are these why are these people allowed to work with children so and yeah, then you I know wanna... the sad part about it the sad part about it is that most of i mean they all pass background checks that's the sad part well Whoa, a, background a background check, check if you're, if you're on, on drugs, drugs does that really show up on a background, background check? check if you've gone to jail it would well, but if, if you've never been to jail, jail no so, so when, it when it comes, comes to, to the people, people that, that we trust, trust to watch, watch our children, children what, do what do you think, think the standard should be for these people? Do you, a lot of people have said there should be like a mental status evaluation. They need to know where they are mentally. Do you agree with that? Because I, I think yes. I do. Yes, I would, I would want a background check. I would want to look at the, their past at least two, three years um, doctor's notes if they've been to the hospital, pharmacy, mm-hmm. if they're on um, to see what kind of medicines they're on. Like I would want to, if I, if I was a daycare owner, I mean, I would want to look at all that because if you've never been to jail or if you're on, you know, antidepressants or any, because there's a lot of medications that, I mean, it, it messes with your mind. Yeah. So they need to know exactly what it is your own. And if you are a, a mother um, or parents that's wanting to bring in an in-home nanny, you know, someone to watch your children at home, get them off the bus or your infant or your toddler. Ask for all of this. Hospital notes, doctor's notes, pharmacy notes, at least the past five years background check. Check them out because the the least the person that you least suspect it from, that's the one that's going to do it. Why do you, Why do you think, think there's, there's no, no regulations? regulations? Like, like there's, there's no, no set process of what people need to pass and what needs to be checked for daycare workers. Because as far as I know, you can go apply for a license. And I think you have to know how to do CPR. CPR. And that's as long it. as you know how to do CPR, that's it. So one thing that caught my attention was in our government, I remember 9-11. When 9-11 happened, we said, oh, this is a horrible tragedy. Um, this can never happen again. And we took steps to make it to where it could never happen again because at that point in time we weren't regulating what was going on in our airspace we were not strict enough we were letting people do things that they shouldn't have been doing we were letting people get on planes with things that they shouldn't have but our our government and the people as, as a nation as a people we said this can never happen again so why is it that we could see a school shooting for instance horrible horrible deaths horrible situation but we can't say this is horrible this should never happen again like we did with 9-11 like we put our foot down with 9-11 and we said absolutely no way we will ever allow something like this to happen again and it hasn't we have made changes we have changed laws we have moved mountains to make sure that that could never take place but so sad this is a tragedy but we're not actually doing anything to prevent it from happening again that's what i'm worried about why is it that innocent children's lives are not worth saving when it comes to changing the laws and making it harder for this to happen i don't understand why like you said with this daycare situation well why are we not making anything more set into getting to know what's going on in the people's heads who are going to be around these children who are going to we are entrusting these children's lives to and it's like what is it about our american culture that we can change the law to protect guns but we can't change the law to protect the youth of our nation it's it's really strange to me because there's not a lot of people fighting to change this and then when you do fight to change these laws and you fight to make things harder and and more rigorous they lose when when they want to raise taxes or they want to do something that's going to cost us more money and the government gets more money those pass so easily and this daycare situation you're right every time you look around you are hearing some horrible situation with the daycare because i mean i do hear the stories where the mom killed the children or the or something a dad killed the child that's that's horrible in itself but these daycare workers these are people that were entrusted 
by not just the parents, but they were certified by the state that they live in to be entrusted with these like children. What? And what blows my mind is what blows my mind is it's being swept under the rug. Yeah, they'll announce it, but then you don't hear nothing else about it. Okay, well, did they? What happened to the person that did it? Or um, are, are they going to jail? Or you know, did they get what? Where? Where's this person at now? You know, did they? Were they? Did they get a slap on the wrist? Are they working in? Um, you know, somewhere else that's around children. I mean, it's not. It's our children, the innocent children, innocent babies, innocent children, why are they not being protected? That is one thing that I just, I don't understand. I really don't understand. And it's, I just don't get it. And then, you know, the, the shooting, the school shootings, um, there was an incident where there was a, a, a school shooting and the cops stood outside the whole time they never even went in to try to save those babies they wouldn't go in because they didn't have a visual i believe of what was going on it doesn't matter if you have a visual or not you were sworn into oath to save and not, not to save i'm sorry to protect protect you did not protect those babies. You did not protect those teachers that were human shields to try to protect the the, the babies that they could. I'm still calling them babies because they're still babies to me. But you know what I mean? That Those are innocent babies. Teachers using their own bodies as, 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 a, as a human shield to try to protect as many children as they could. Whoa, and then you have a police station outside the school and because they don't want to get killed or they don't want to get shot they're standing out there listening to all these guns going off listening to these innocent babies crying begging someone to help and they're just going to stand out there because they didn't have a visual or they didn't understand what was going on sorry that is bullshit you failed those children you failed those teachers you failed those parents well, when did police start putting their own safety over the safety of the people they they took an oath to protect? I was under the impression that the, the oath of protection was to protect others, not themselves. Because the police were like, well, we didn't know what was going to happen if we went in. That's I'm pretty sure that's basically what it means to be a police officer. You, you respond to a call. You don't know what's going on. That's why they called you. You have to go in. Just like if you're in the military, they send you out, they deploy you. You don't know the danger you could be walking into, but since you decided to be a part of this, this protection of the people, you are taking that risk. You know, you took the oath to protect them in every way possible. So standing outside the school and saying, well, we don't know what's going on. We don't know, you know, how many gunmen there are. We want to wait and get more information. I don't understand that's why you have backup that's why you have you that was pretty much the whole police station was outside there was plenty of backup that is a poor that is a poor excuse and how can anyone stand outside whether you are a policeman or just um a bystander how can you stand outside and listen to those babies screaming and not want to go inside and help what kind of person are you? How can you even sleep at night knowing you could have went in there and saved, even if it was just one one child? You didn't even try. One, one child. child. I mean, all, all of the people who passed away, you could have minimized. Like, in my mind, minimizing casualties, minimizing how many people get hurt is the goal. Obviously, we can't prevent crime. That's why every place you go has a police department. They have We have the FBI. We can't prevent crime but we can prevent how many people are hurt or injured or abused or exploited we can we can eliminate that number from going up by being proactive and i felt like they didn't want to be proactive because they put their lives over the lives of the children in that school and i think that where are we as a nation where the police feels that their life is more important than the people they're being paid they're not volunteering being paid to protect and it's like we we've lost sight of what the police department was made to do we've lost sight of it exactly and it's sad that you know because 
now innocent children are paying for it. Innocent children are paying for it. These school shootings, um, daycares, um, you know, even parents are killing their own children. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, we could go on and on and on. We could sit here all night and talk about all kinds of stuff that's going on. It's crazy. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you really stand back and you really look at this, at all the situations that's going on, it's our children that are paying for it. So real quick, before we wrap up, so Lizzo has been in the news a lot lately, and she's been getting attacked by a lot of her former employees. And I wanted to get your take on this because a lot of the things that they're saying are in the past. And I know that there's no statute of limitations, right, of reporting something that happened to you. Even if it happened to you a really long time ago, there's no statute of limitations to report when you tell your story. When it comes to people in the public eye, I'm beginning to wonder if the amount of time between the reporting and when it happened are correlated. Because if Lizzo wasn't a billionaire and she was very destitute, she didn't have the money, she didn't have anything, would people be filing these lawsuits against her? It, it, and I don't, I don't know what happened. Like I know that she said she's gonna have her day where she can, she can tell her side of the story, and she, she feels nothing took place but how do you feel about that because you know some of the employees at jimmy fallon have come forward and said that they were issues um working with him on the show and he's recently apologized and then obviously we know the situation with the ellen show and we've heard the stories you know working on her show and what that was like with the employees do you feel like these people are making a horrible work environment or do you feel like since they're tied to so much money think that there's a correlation between these stories and the lawsuits like how do you feel i feel like because they have so much fame and so much money that they think that they can treat anybody however they want to and it's all they got to do is pay the judge or pay the cops or pay the lawyers and they'll get away with anything and the sad part about it is it, that most of the time that's what happens they they pay a lot of money and they pretty much get a slap on the wrist so do you think that Lizzo was actually like saying these things and sexually harassing these people? Or do you, or you think that, like you said, a lot of times when you're really rich, if something negative comes your way, you can throw money at it and it'll disappear. Or do you feel like they're like, well, we'll say that she did something, she'll throw some money at us and, and everybody wins. Like, do you think that there's any validity to the I haven't seen enough. I have to see, I have to like really see more evidence. I'm pretty much in, up in the air about it right now. I mean, are you, are because, you, a, Lizzo, are you a Lizzo fan? No, I'm not, but, okay. <laughs> but I'm I mean, whether I'm a fan or not, I mean, I, I have to see facts, you know, um, because, I, because, you know, if you make the wrong person mad, they're going to make up lies about you just to get, just to get money, just to be, you know, have their little 15 minutes of fame. So, I mean, I haven't seen enough evidence to where I'm either against or with Lizzo. At this moment, I don't know. I agree with you. Like, I'm not a Lizzo fan. I don't think any of her music is horrible. It's just not my style. But I definitely don't want to take anything at face value. Like you said, I want to hear both sides. I want to hear her side and I want to hear everyone else's. I feel like there's two sides to the story and then there's what happened. And I think that a lot of times when people make claims, especially when it's about a famous person, like you said, there's some fabrication in that. And I, I hate that, but it's, I guess it's the price of being a famous person. You know, your name tends to get fabricated into things. Like some, there might be a little bit of truth to it, but when the person is telling the, the version, their version of it, they paint you to be a little worse because you have more money to make the problem go away. So if Lizzo, because, yeah. you know, did you notice that they didn't file criminal charges? They filed, you know, for damages. They wanted money from her. That also raised my eyebrow because I was like, so you didn't want her to get in trouble or anything. You just wanted her to pay you. And after the fact that it happened, none of them quit working for her. They continued to work for her. And then one of them even posted a video saying how amazing it was to work for such a talented woman. You know, and then now she's saying, oh, this was the horrible, most horrible person I've ever been with. And work-wise, it's the most worst situation I've ever been in. And it just, it just makes you wonder, how much truth is that? If Lizzo 
have $50 million, would your story remain exactly the same or would it change? You know, because if, if exactly. money at stake, would your story be told the exact same way? Or would it be a little bit different? And it just makes you wonder. So I guess it's just part of being a celebrity. You have to just know your name is not always going to be held in the, the highest light or regard. Or regard. People are going to use your name for different reasons, different things. And sometimes it's for financial gain or it's for gain of celebrity, fame, notoriety. People will take screenshots of yours. They'll take posts of yours. They'll take things completely out of context. And, and they, they will, will use it against you in order to get something for them, like to bring fame and light to their name. And it's unfortunate, but that's part of being in the public eye. And I think a lot of people don't realize that now with social media and text messaging and screenshotting, you just have to watch what you're doing, what you're saying. People can be recording your phone conversations. You know, there's always a camera. I've always told people, I was like, I don't, I don't care, care where, where you, you are, are what you're doing there is always a camera on you, whether it's a, a TV camera, a news camera, an iPhone. There is always behave as though someone is always watching because there is someone watching. Exactly. Exactly. You know that, you know, me knowing some, you know, famous people is. And me, myself, being in the public eye and you as well, George, you know, you're in the public eye as well. You know, um, we've both been in uh, movies. We've both been filming. So we know that even starting off, you know, even at the very bottom of, of the, the, the very bottom, we still have to watch how we talk to people, what we say, how we say it, you know, uh, how we act, especially out in public, you know, because they can use anything against you. If they, you know, think you have money or if they see that you're you're in some kind of fame or in the public eye, they're going to use that to uh, the best they can just to try to ruin you or get their face in the in the spotlight or, you know, get some kind of money off of you. That's just how it is. You become a target, you know, in the public eye. Target you do. It's different. It's different <laughs> ransoms on your head. Like you said, sometimes they want to ruin you. Sometimes they just don't like you. Sometimes they want fame and that you would be a way to get their name in the news. You know, you just never know what people want from you. And it's like people take aim. So it's like once you put yourself out there, you know, once you're there, it's hard. You know, life becomes very different for you. And, you know, we watch Kim Kardashian. We watch all these big name people. They've gone through so many negative um situations just because they're famous you know they didn't actually do anything wrong but somebody took target took aim at them and they wanted something from them and they had to go through that and it's like we're watching this happen and it's like lizzo is another person dealing with it and you know every now and then you just get another story of someone who everyone thought was a great person and they might still be a great person but one person or a group of people wants to paint a different narrative of that person and i just want everyone to be very open-minded when you hear, you hear something, something about someone, someone it doesn't have, have to be true. true. Do your research. Listen to the whole story play out. Listen to what they have to say as well. Just be open to know that there's more than one side to that story. Yeah. That I was because some people, I mean, some people can be like, you know what? Let me scroll through social media to see who I want to attack today. It's their mindset. It could be they're they're pissed off at the world, or they're mad at you know someone, um, their family members, their spouses, or whatever you know, friends. And instead of going and taking it out on them, they want to take it out on someone that's going to bring them attention. Exactly. And most of the time, that's. They go after famous people. Well, yeah, and it's and, and you know most of the time the famous people don't even know who that person is. Like, who are you? No, they don't exactly. <laughs> you're just as confused as everybody else because you're like, how did my name get dragged into your mess? I don't know you, and I don't even want to know you. It's like, but they they see that your name has notoriety to it, and they're like, well, if I could associate my name with their name, people would, you know, and that's just the, the mindset of people out there. And like getting back to our first that we talked about, faking your death, figuring out who who knows who you are, who doesn't, and putting your name out there. There is nothing that people are above at this point getting fame. 
they will do anything. They will risk everything. They will risk it all for 10,000 followers. You just have to be very vigilant. And again, protect yourself. Don't say anything or type anything that you don't want anyone to see in a screenshot because they'll screenshot and post it. Just be, be vigilant and protect yourself and look at yourself as a brand and know that other people are taking aim at your brand and just protect yourself as much as you can. Exactly. You nailed it, George. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that's, that's it for our very first episode of the Pop Culture, Culture Podcast. Podcast. Thank you so much to my co-host, Didi. I, I want you guys to submit questions and topics for us because we want to make sure that we're covering a wide variety of topics and things going on in the news. So these are just the things that we were um, impacted by, you know, in the last couple of weeks or last month or whatever. But there's so much going on. I don't know if you ever scrolled through TMZ. There's so much to talk about. So tell us what you're interested in talking about so we can get those topics on the show. We're going to try to get some um, guest hosts and guests to come on the show as well. And what I want to do is try to get reality stars and I want to get their take on things as well. Not about what they're doing on TV. I just want to get like a personal take of how they feel and, and how these um, topics and issues resonate with them as a person. Because sometimes it's interesting to hear how a person feels outside of their public persona, because their public persona is a lot of times a lot different from who they are as a person. So stay tuned for that. Um, make sure you're following me on all social media platforms at George Mossy, georgemossy.com, anywhere you get your podcast. And make sure you follow my co-host, Dee Dee. Thank you again for joining us for episode one of the Pop Culture Podcast on the George Mossy Show with my co-host, Dee Dee. We'll talk to all of you guys next week for the show.